Can you put it up for me, bud? It says, for I am not ashamed of what? Of the gospel. For it is what? The power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You understand that this is what the word of God teaches us, is that there is power in the gospel. When you preach the gospel, you're preaching power. Put me more amens on the screen, brother, please. I'm, they're not saying very much amens. Amen. Listen, it, it, yeah, yeah, if you see it, you say it, okay? Amen. Okay, okay, you got it. Amen. Okay, there you go. Okay, that, that's good. Thank you, brother. <laughs> see, when we preach the gospel, we're preaching power. I'm going to say it again. When you preach the gospel, you preach power. When somebody announces a salvation in Christ Jesus, it's automatic. God's going to do something powerful in that moment. It reminds me of the story of a man in a train. He got in a, no, it wasn't a train, I'm sorry, in a subway. And he got in a subway. He was an old man. And he always asked God, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to use me. I want you to use me. And God never really used them in the way that he wanted to. So one day he gets in the subway and the Holy Spirit speaks to him in the subway. And he says, get up and start preaching. The old man's like, you know, when God speaks to you, let me, let's, let's be honest about this. When God speaks to you, it's mostly in the most awkward times. Well, let me say it like this. It's you're in my awkward times. It's a time where we don't want to do it. If he's ever spoken to you, you understand what I'm saying. He's, he tells you to do things. You're like, no, I don't think this is right, God. Can we reschedule? Rain check, please. And God speaks to this old man, and he says, get up and preach. Man, this man, he does what every, I think every one of us has done. We start debating it in our mind. Man, should I do it? Should I not do it? What if I don't do it? I've been asking God to use me for a long time. I need, I need to do something. Well, the old man, the story says that he got, you know, in that moment, he's like, I'm just going to do it. He gets up off on the subway. He stands up, and he starts preaching out loud the gospel. He starts sharing. He says, I want to tell you today, my friend, Jesus is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is alive. And nobody goes to the Father if it's not through him. Well, the story says that there was a woman sitting across the subway from him with a little boy. The woman was looking at him with hate in her eyes. He would keep preaching out loud. And he was preaching the gospel because there's power in the gospel. And he started lifting up his voice, raising it up high. And then the lady, the story says, the lady stands up and she screams at the old man. She said, old man, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. The old man just froze. And he says that he just sat down slowly. See, the thing is, when you preach the gospel, there's going to be opposition. That's part of it. Don't be discouraged by it. Understand it's going to come. The old man sat down. But then again, listen to this. He felt that fire burning in his spirit again. Ooh, this is God. He's beautiful. And he heard the spirit again said, get up and preach. Lord, this lady's crazy. She's got the devil. She's got the devil. <laughs> he said that he, he's like, I don't care. I'm old anyway. I'm just kidding. He didn't say that, right? He stood up on that subway, 
And he raised his voice even louder. And he started proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He started raising his voice up high. The lady stands up off her seat, grabs her umbrella, and screams at him and says, Shut up, old man! And she swings her umbrella at him and starts hitting the old man, starts kicking him. He falls to the ground. She curses him. And she's smacking him on the floor while he's down on the ground holding himself, holding his head. All of a sudden, in the midst of her violence towards this old man, the little boy that's with her screams and shouts, Mom, leave him alone! He's a man of God! The the woman just freezes. She drops the umbrella and falls on her knees. She's shaking and she's crying. And the old man is now concerned about her. He gets up and he looks at her. He's like, ma'am, are you okay? Are you okay? The lady's like, you don't understand. My son couldn't speak. This is what happens when somebody dares to preach the power, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is power of God for salvation. Come on, church. You don't know that when you preach the gospel, somebody's going to get healed. You don't know when you preach the gospel, somebody's going to get delivered. Addictions are going to get broken. Come on, church. We understand that this is something powerful in our hands, that God has delegated to us. Why? For salvation. For salvation. For healing. For redemption. There's power when we, you and I, preach the gospel. You know, it's, it's okay to have literature. It's okay to have theories. It's okay to talk about this and talk about that. But we can't waste our time in our pulpits. We have to preach the gospel. It's going to make people uncomfortable? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say in my theory, if they don't want it, they can go somewhere else. That's what I believe. You don't like me preaching the gospel, you can find another church. I remember Pastor Gorman used to talk about the bloodless gospel. You remember that? That was years ago. He was here preaching on the conference of CFFI. And he preached about the bloodless gospel. How there's so many churches preaching a gospel without blood. Man, that really, that hit me hard, Pastor. That hit me hard. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be that pastor. I don't want to be a preacher that doesn't preach blood. I want to preach the blood of Christ because it's for salvation. It was for my redemption, for my salvation. It's what transforms people's lives. I'm a man that's been transformed. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on, church. This is what God has called us to. Number two, faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. We speak not what governs or from what governs this world. We speak from what governs our lives. See, the thing is faith, we've always, many Christians have misunderstood faith. Faith is not, you know, like using a simple example, faith is not saying you, when you have a headache, you don't say, I don't have a headache, 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 I don't have a headache. No, that's not faith. Faith is saying, God, I know I have a headache, but I know that you're my healer. You're more than enough, God. Faith is saying, yes, there are real circumstances going on in my life, but you're my provider, Lord. You are more than enough, God. You are powerful. That's what faith is. Faith is not denying the facts, but on the contrary, but faith is declaring what the kingdom says. That's as powerful, and this will transform your life, church. If you understand that declaring faith, what the word of God says, we will, beca- we will begin to see the power of God manifested in our lives. Number three, my last point is glory. Everybody say glory. glory. We can work, we can struggle, we can labor, we can sweat. We can cry, 
We can be hurts. But at the end of the day, all the glory and all the honor is for the king of kings. My wife and I are working our butts off in Mexico. You know why? So he can receive all the glory. That's why. This is not for me. This is not my stage. It's not my place to shine. I tell people, I don't, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me years ago and he said, Isaac, are you willing for me to give you the city of Los Calientes? And if I give it to you that no one will know your name, I said, yes, Lord. Nobody needs to know my name. I don't care if people know me or don't. But I want everybody to know you. I want everybody to glorify you. I want everybody to know that's you that doesn't work. If I can be a peon, if I can be just a laborer, I'll do that. Because all the glory and the honor belongs to you, God. Not to me, not to my family, not to our church, not to our ministry, but to you, Lord. This is why I labor. This is why I work. This is why I preach. This is why I put my reputation aside, my convictions aside, to say, God, you are worth it, Father. It's for your glory and for your honor, Jesus. Are you willing, church? Pastor, are you willing to put yourself aside, to put your ministry aside and say it's for his glory? It's for him. And that brings a lot of points that I don't have time to talk about today. But it brings excellence to the table. I'm going to do the best because it's not for me. It's for my king. It's for my king. There's such a devotion, a reverence when we understand he's the king. And the king is here today. For you to understand your worth and understand his, oh man, I'm not worthy to be in the same room with him. But yet he's called the sons. As we come to the throne room and say, God, it's for you. I'm working hard, church. I'm giving up a lot. I still have a lot to give up because I want to bring my hands full before the king. I want to say it's for your glory. And it's been worth it to glorify your name over all things. Matthew 6, 13 says, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the way Jesus taught us to speak, to pray, is that all things can be done by us. But at the end of the day, all the glory is for him. And if you want to serve God, you need to understand this very clearly. That nothing is for you or for us or for your ministry. It's all for him. Anybody say amen to this? God's going to bless churches. And yes, I do believe a huge harvest is coming. Yes, I believe that. I believe that. I don't know how it's going to do it. Like like Rachel said, I don't know how he's going to do it. But I'm just saying, God, you do whatever you want to do. You're the king. I'm just a servant. You tell me where to plow. You tell me where to plant a seed. God, you tell me what I need to do. What's my part? And you're going to do the rest. See, I can't do the supernatural. I can't do the things that he's called me to do. But I know his power, his spirit is in me. And I represent a kingdom. And all these things are for what? For God's glory. Give him glory here this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The kingdom, power, and glory is about where to do it from. 
is how to do it is power. And for who to do it is glory. Who do you serve? What do you serve for? See, I, I remember I went to a restaurant. I went to Applebee's. I love Applebee's, by the way. If anybody wants to invite me. I'm Mexican. You'd say, let's go eat on the, yeah. You're inviting, yes, I'm bringing my whole family. And we're Mexicans, so we have cousins and a bunch of them. You'd be lucky, Nick, to be like Mexican ministers. You'd be lucky. <laughs> but we went to Applebee's, and it was like 50 kids. We're all sitting down at this table. Um, and I put aside a seat for my friend. He was on his way. My friend never showed up, those good kind of friends. And I had, and I, when we're starting to eat, there's these kids that walk in the building, and they're just cursing. They're speaking out loud. They're just shouting just dumb stuff. Well, it happened to be that one of the guys sitting in front of me knew one of those guys in that little mob. So they come up to the table, and then he, he says, wait, wait, are you guys, are you all Christian? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, we just came from church. And they start mocking and making fun of us, all of us, in this table. And everybody, and I was looking at everybody's reaction, everybody just put their heads down. And I was eating my wings, so I'm like, devil, you're not, you're not stealing this blessing from me. <laughs> Anybody understand that? I mean, I'm eating those wings. I'm enjoying them. I'm like, no, devil, no, you're not taking this from me. And I'm just, when I finished my wings, I was almost done. And when I finished my wings, I, I look at the guy. I'm like, hey, man, what's your problem? Why are you talking like that, man? He's like, oh, you're not going to tell me anything, he said. I was a Christian many years of my life. I was raised in a Christian home, he said. And it's all fake. It's all hypocrisy, he told me. Whoa. Okay. He said, tell me more about it. He's like, I went to youth camps. I, went, I played in the worship team. I was part of the drama team. I was part of this. I did that. I did this. I did this. I did this. And I did that. I'm like, wow. He's like, you got nothing you're going to tell me or teach me. I know exactly what Christianity is. I'm like, that's funny. I said, can I tell you something? He's like, yeah. I said, isn't it funny? I said that you did all these things for God but never knew him. You didn't understand the God you were serving. Christians told you do this and this and this and that. But the Bible says set your eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. Who is that? It's Christ Jesus. You with me, church? This guy, after being a big mouth and just shouting just dumb stuff, he sat down in that chair and I started preaching to him. And I said, buddy, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. He put his head down. He took his cap off. <laughs> and I put my hands and Applebee's on him. That's why Applebee's is supernatural. Praise God. <laughs> I put my hands on him, and I start praying a blessing over this young man. This guy started tearing up. I mean, just tears just ran down my arms. Man, I love serving God. I love serving God. Because I'm not serving a building or denomination, I'm serving the king of kings. You know how many tears run down my arms? You know how many shirts I've got full of snot? Praise God for a wife that knows how to wash my clothes good. And you know what? Every single part is worth. I go to my house every day. I say, God, it's all for your glory. Is this all for you? We're seeing people transformed in Mexico like I've never seen before. 
Some of the biggest traffickers of drugs in our area are now Christians. They're graduating from Bible school. They're getting married. They're preaching the word. Some of the most famous known prostitutes in our area are coming to Christ. They're getting married. They're finishing Bible school. They're preaching the word. Come on. And, everybody, and it's funny because everybody knows who they are. Everybody knows who they are. And now they see him walking in church. And not just that. They see him walk out of church preaching the gospel. This is what God does. When we know him, when we understand it's for his glory. It's for him. And we're just a part of it. Praise God. Praise God that you and I get to be a part of it. Praise God. You don't understand the honor that this is? You need to remind yourself, my brother, my sister, the honor it is to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What an honor. None of us, none of us in this room deserve to serve God. I don't care how much theology you think you know. None of us deserve to serve the King of kings. But yet he chose us. <laughs> but yet he, he received us with arms wide open. But yet he says, I'm going to use you in a powerful way. It is a privilege to serve the King of Kings. I am, I like that word in English, in awe. I love that word. I am in awe of all that God is doing through my life, through my wife's life. I never thought it'd come to this capacity. And you know what? God's given me vision. And it's going way beyond than what I thought it was going to be. We're starting to look at properties around our church building because our church is filling up with so many people. We're looking at properties around because we're going to expand the church. We're going to open up even further of what God's doing. And this is God's hand. And only he deserves the glory and the honor for it. But I'm telling you, church, this is time for us to preach the gospel, to represent the kingdom, and do all of this for his glory. You ready, church? You ready, pastors? This is time of harvest. I believe that. Can you stand to your feet with me, please? Can you raise your hands to the king, please? Jesus. Jesus. Lord, you are not the guest of honor. You are the Lord of this place. Lord, you are not the guest of honor of our lives, of our marriage, of our families. You are the Lord of our lives, of our marriages, of our families. Jesus, thank you for the honor, God, the privilege you give us to serve you. Thank you, because none of us are worthy, God. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us for such a task, to love the sinner, to edify the saints. Thank you, God. Because when we proclaim the gospel, we see transformation, Father. Father, thank you, God. Come on, just thank him right now. If you serve God, just thank him for the privilege it is. Come on. Come on. The word of God says when we come into his gates, we come with thanksgiving. Give him thanks here this, this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you for the privilege, Lord. Thank you because you've given us your power, Father. Thank you because you've... Lord God, you have put our, your power, your presence, your spirit in us. Lord God, so you can receive the glory. 
so you can receive all the honor, Father. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we love you, God. Come on, set your eyes on the author tonight, today. Set your eyes on the author today. Put your sight, put your focus on him. I know a lot of ministers, we get discouraged and we put our eyes on the circumstances. We put our eyes on a lot of different things and we lose focus. I want to encourage you before we finish this moment just to set your eyes on the author and the finisher of the faith. Set your eyes on him. He is the answer. He is more than enough. You don't need finances. You need Jesus. You don't need miracles. You need Jesus. You don't need a bigger facility or more people. You need Jesus. Come on, Jesus. We long for you, Lord. We long for you, God. We long for your glory, for your presence, God. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you, God. And you are more than enough. You are more than enough. We praise you. We praise you. Jesus. Jesus. I just feel that there are people right now that are are getting re-geared. <laughs> a direction. A refreshing. I don't know who, but I know there's a, there's a pastor here that You've been, you came to this conference saying, I've got a new direction. And after this conference, you're going to be redirected. <laughs> Just like the GPS changes because they said, no, this is not the way. He's going to remind you this is the way you need to take. I just pray for a refreshing of vision in Jesus' name. God, we rely on your vision, not our own. We rely on your heart, Father, because your ways are higher than our ways, Lord. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We rely on you, Lord. Because while we look at five years ahead, you're looking at 50 years ahead, God. We rely on you, God. God, refresh vision to every pastor in this place. Refresh vision in each pastor, every minister, Lord God, in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bring clarity, God. Because you're not a God of confusion. You're a God of revelation. Bring revelation here this morning, Father. To every heart, God, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. We praise you, God. We love you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Let it be for your glory, Father. For your glory, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's a good word, son. Praise the Lord. While you were saying that about those properties, I had a vision of a bulldozer knocking down all those buildings on that far side, especially down the hill. Yeah, I saw it. We're about to go eat, but very quickly, Herman, I heard in my ears, literally, the metal clanging together. Fast forward. I mean, the three hands darted. Boom. I heard the clang of the metal together. I think I heard that in your church before, but I heard it again this morning. Yeah, the expansion's coming. I don't know which one, but is there one of the older ladies in your life, could be a mother or an aunt, that is sickly, that has some sickness? Is that yours? Right now, Lord, you all agree with me. Your mom? Touch her right now, Lord. You showed me. And I, I knew it was right over here. I didn't know which family it was, but you know. 
and you reach down, Lord, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Let her receive your touch from heaven, God, and bring healing. Let it be a confirmation of the God that he serves in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And I saw you at a desk, and you were writing and with a computer, and you were putting in scheduling, schedules, and almost like an engineer in a way, but you were scheduling the work that was going to be done. And you're very excited. The smile you have right now, I saw it was on your face. Hallelujah. So bless you. Glory, glory, glory. Yes. And Garland, I just heard a quick word in my ear about Brandon. And he needs to look into Sprung Instant Structures. S-P-R-U-N-G. I've been to see about five or six before. And, uh, I mean, he can have instant church seating thousands if he wants. You know, I've looked at them in Nashville, St. Louis, all over. I've looked in four or five places at those structures. And the Lord just quickened me and said, tell him to tell Brandon about that. Hallelujah. These are called popcorn prophecies, by the way. You know, we just let them pop up and pop on. Yeah. Uh, does anybody stick your head through the door there, Sister Betty or Dave? The chicken's ready? Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I'm just checking just real quickly to see if there's anything else he wants me to say. I'll just hold it for now. Lord, bless the food and bless our fellowship and bring us back tonight for the banquet at Westwood Center in Jesus' name. Amen. The banquet's 6 o'clock, and we still got room because we've only sold 96 tickets, I think, and we got room for 150. So if anybody else you know wants to come, tell them to come. They can even pay at the door. Amen. That's a great message. I appreciate it.